Here I am to worship. Thank God for Hillsong worship. Amen. And that selection, truly a great worship song. And, and certainly we're here to give God praise, to give him glory and honor this evening. Uh, in spite of it all, I want to thank you for tuning in to Cornerstone Apostolic Church. Uh, welcome to Inside the Pages. This is a comprehensive Bible study at the Word of God uh, that we have on Tuesday nights. We're journeying through the book of Ezekiel and on Sundays through the book of Acts. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, bold, the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the Word of God. And you have to do that in Jesus' name. I want to direct your attention to the book of Ezekiel and while you're turning there on your devices, that's the 21st chapter of Ezekiel. Um, if you've missed any of the teaching or the exhortation or preaching, uh, visit our uh, website, connectingtruth.org, and click God on Demand. It'll take you to an archive of messages and you can uh, listen and get caught up and share with others. Uh, certainly the word of God is to be shared uh, and so uh, that's what it's all about. We're following the commission that has been placed upon our lives. Some have been given uh, the gifts, teaching, evangelists, prophets, pastors uh, for the exhortation of the word, for the perfecting of the saints until we all come into the statue of the measure of the man Christ Jesus. Uh, it's not about you measuring up to be like me or to be like anyone else that you might admire. But we should all inspire to be like Jesus Christ. He set the example. He was the template for as the son of God. And we should all be trying to uh, follow his steps. He said, if any man come after me, let him uh, bear his cross. And so we are bearing our cross uh, no matter what that might be. It, it is uh, for God I live and for God I die. Amen. You, you should be committed unto the Lord as the Lord has been committed to you. Ezekiel, the 21st chapter, beginning at the 8th verse through the 17th verse, it says, Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord, say a sword. A sword is sharpened and also fervent. It is sharpened to make a sore slaughter. It is fervent that it might glitter. Should we then make mirth? It contaminates the rod of my son, uh, even or as every tree. And he has given to be a furbish that it may be handled. This sword is sharpened and it is furbish to give it unto the hand of the slayer. Cry and howl, son of man. For it shall be upon my people, it shall be upon all the princes of Israel. Terror by reason of the sword shall be upon my people. Smite them upon thy thigh. Because it is a trial, and what if the sword contempt even the Lord? It shall be no more, said the Lord God. Thou therefore, son of man, prophesy and smite thine hand together. And let the sword be double the third time, the sword of the slain. It is the sword of great men that are slain, which entereth into the private chambers. 
I have set the point of the sword against all the gates that their hearts might faint and their ruins be multiplied. Ah, it is made bright. It is wrapped up for the slaughter. Go thee one way or another, either on the right hand or on the left, whithersoever thy face is set. And I will smite my hands together and I will cause my fury to rest. I, the Lord, have said it. Can you imagine for a split moment what Ezekiel must have thought or what people thought about him? Ezekiel and his contemporaries, like Jeremiah and other prophets who was living um, in Jerusalem and had been taken captive, witnessed the fulfillment of the prophecies that had been spoken with this, the siege of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. They saw this. They read this in the scripture. How many things have we read throughout the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation that has occurred in time? History has proven that what the Bible said has, has happened. And there are things that are prophecies that are yet occurring even in our day and time. All of this was a result of the games people played. Ezekiel had a very hard task, and I, I, can't, I can't stress that enough because, it, it, because when you think about his message, the beginning of his message, it did not start out with you're going to get a blessing. Neither did Jeremiah. Jeremiah was slapped. Jeremiah was beaten. Jeremiah was cast in a hole. Uh, you know what they used to say, Mary Clay, and uh, he was put down because of the message that he was presenting. Now, you must understand something that in order to make it end, in order to be saved, you've got to deal with the good, you've got to deal with the bad, and you're going to deal with the ugly. If you're going to have any relationship with anybody, it starts off good. You have that relationship that come to the meeting, you know, and the courtship. But when the honeymoon is over, you deal with the good, you deal with the bad, you deal with the ugly, you deal with the relationship and the changes that each party must make. Now, God is steadfast, immovable, and so he doesn't make changes. He was not born in sin and shaping in iniquity. We were. And so there are changes that have to occur in our life. The Bible goes on to tell us that Ezekiel had a monumental task that he was performing. And the task has not changed today. It is just as large as today as it was then. Now, a game is an activity or sport usually involving skill, knowledge, chance, or, you know, you're supposed to follow a set, uh, a fixed set of rules. You know, I was playing a, a game of 21 with my grandson, and uh, and so we, when I got to 19, you know, I didn't want to uh, miss my shot, and um, when it came down to it, and go back to 15, so uh, I did like I saw him do, and slammed the ball against the backboard, and then went up back up with it. Well, he told me that that was wrong. I couldn't do that, but he did it a few games before. So the rule had changed. Now, there is a fixed set of rules in playing the game. And so the object of it is to try to win. Now, incidentally, I won that game. But uh, it's to try to win the game against the opponent or to solve a puzzle. A game is 
a structured form of play, usually undertaken uh, for entertainment or fun, and sometimes used as an educational tool. Games are distinct from work, which is usually carried out for comprehension and from art, uh, which is more often an expression of artistic or ideology uh, elements. Now, basketball, again, is a game of skill. Some of us own the court. Others are just on the court for practice. Monopoly, dominoes, cards are uh, good numeric games for uh, learning numerics. Uh, it, it takes a skilled hand in order to play or skill a knowledge of the game. And when you skill, you can play quickly. You know, you don't want to sit, you're sitting in a game and someone is, is still counting how many bones is on the table. They're not very skilled. And so it is a, when you're skilled, it becomes a quick game. Uh, some of the other games that are played are Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, uh, NBA 2K20 and Madden NFL 20 are just to name a few of the uh, games that was very popular at the end of 2019. There's nothing wrong with playing games as long as the game does not take precedence over the family. As long as the game does not impede your work or school or, or certainly not before God. Now, some years ago, uh, we were helping a family and this was very, uh, uh, just to show you how terrible a game can be. Uh, a few years ago, we was helping a family that was going through a rough patch. This was a husband, a wife and, and children, uh, young children. And it wasn't long before a serious problem was identified. Uh, the head of that particular family spent hours playing video games and little time handling business. The time that could have been spent looking for employment uh, to help uh, pull his family out of the hole was spent playing video games and it became very upsetting. Uh, you know, so uh, it doesn't make sense to stay up all night and then sleep during the day. Uh, certainly, uh, uh, it lasted longer than what it should have. Uh, it set a bad example and soon the children began to complain because they saw that uh, compared to others uh, in the home, the work ethics, that uh, his work ethics were not the same. And so they began to murmur and it became embarrassing. So a game is something that you play at your leisure and when you have time, uh, not when it's time for responsibility. When the Bible tells us the, the children of Israel did the same thing. Uh, they played at a time that they should not have been playing. Uh, they played tag. Uh, they played tug of war with God's word. We're going to try it this day and, we're gonna, and God is pulling one way and they're pulling another way. Uh, they played hide and seek, uh, you know, and they even got nasty with it and played hide and go get it. And so they put themselves in a position that was offensive to God. They superseded the other countries. They superseded the other people that was around them, their neighbors, the other uh, uh, countrymen and other places uh, that, that they were surrounded by. Even the people that took them captive, when you looked at the activities of what the children of Israel were doing, they had superseded the offenses that... Uh, they had superseded and created things that was, a, that was an abomination in the eyes of the Lord. They began to play games. The Bible tells us in Exodus 32, 5 through 7, it says, And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation 
and said, tomorrow is the feast of the Lord. Now, what had happened was that it, that Moses had went up to speak with the Lord. And that is a responsibility of each minister to spend time speaking to the Lord. Now, the Lord may not say anything back, but you need to spend time speaking to the Lord so that the Lord can give you instructions when necessary so that God will know what's on your heart. And speaking on behalf of the people, you are a mediator for God's people. You're under shepherd to make sure the sheep are okay. So you have to go before the Lord and give an account. You have to go before the Lord and let him know the condition of his people. We know he see all things, his eyes go to and fro through the earth, but God calls for the minister to be consecrated, dedicated, and set aside for that purpose. And I know all of that means the same thing, but, but sanctify yourself unto the Lord. So Moses was in the mountain and, and speaking or hearing and being in the presence of the Lord when the children of Israel uh, got together and took off their gold and, and the gold that they had brought out of Egypt and they created a calf. And so Aaron, who was a minister, should have, with more awareness, acted differently than what he did. However, he was caught up in the moment, and so he began to play the game. And the Bible said he built an altar, and Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast of the Lord. Uh, he reminded them that tomorrow, the next day, uh, the ne whatever that day might be, it might be Bible class the next day, it could be youth service the next day, it can be Sunday morning, the next day, Sunday, it, it was going to be a service time. And the Lord said unto Moses, go, get thee down for thy people, the people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They built an altar and recognized that there was a scheduled service time unto the Lord. They got up early in the morning and they sung their song. Some may have even did a little dance, went throughout a complete ritual. But once the benediction was given, they began to do other things. They got up and they began to twerk. They got lit. They declared everything is equal and fair game. Some of the boomers uh, put their wrinkled way, put their wrinkled selves out there in the way and begin to do things that they knew better to do. And so God got upset with that, didn't like that. You know, I was at a graduation one day, a graduation uh, service, and, uh, you know, it was a little gathering together. And one of the, uh, I saw an older sister get up. And, you know, because the music was playing and it was sounding good, you know, and the young people were, were, were acting like the young people do and, you know, and having fun. And, and she jumped up and, 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 excuse me, but she put her butt out and uh, tried to twerk. And, and, you know, when she stopped moving, the shock waves didn't. Uh, you know, it was somewhat, uh, uh, let me just say, it, it's just something, some things we should not do as we get older. You know, when she stood up, the waves were still moving, and that's not a good thing. As adults, we uh, we should put away the childish things. When we was a child, we did childish things. But when we get older, we should put those things away. You know, some things you should save for close quarters. You know, if you're going to jump around and, and do certain things and, uh, you know, wear certain clothing at certain age, it should be done in the presence of your of your loved one and not in public. Uh, that's that's a conversation for another time. But but listen here. Uh, we have to put away childish things and we have to stop playing games. Israel didn't put away the childish thing. 
uh, they didn't stop playing the game. How about you? Have you stopped playing the games? Have you put away those childish things and, and committed yourself unto the Lord that, that you, you can say, Lord, here I am to worship? You know, when nobody else is around, you're saying, Lord, here I am to worship. I'm getting ready to sit down and watch TV, but in my spirit, I'm saying, Lord, here I am to worship. I'm going on to handle some things and, you know, as I go through my day of business, I'm saying, Lord, here I am to worship. Lord, on my spirit, I'm bowing down to you. I might be talking about a major contract with somebody or, or developing some software, but in my spirit, I'm saying, Lord, here I am to worship. Lord, I'm bowing down. Lord, I'll never know how much it took uh, to, to pay for my sins on the cross, Lord. And, and, and so in my spirit, down in my belly, I'm yet giving God a praise because I put away childish things because I'm not playing games. How about you? Ezekiel message, excuse me, was dynamic. It was sound and it was intended to stir up the mind of the people. God's purpose was to affect change. It was to cause them to call God and to recall of God's goodness and to turn from unrighteousness. The God of, of immorality, the God of dishonesty, to stop being corrupt, to repent of sin and to live by the word and to do them. You know, when you find yourself in a situation where you just don't know what to do or you feel a little weak, you don't you might need some help. You you have to stop for a moment and ask for that help. You have to realize where you are and present yourself unto the Lord to get the proper help or to talk to someone that that, you know, is they're being prayerful. They may have gone through the same thing that you dealt with. It's OK to ask for help. Ezekiel said unto the children in the wilderness, or as the Lord uh, reiterated to Ezekiel, he said uh, to the children in the wilderness, he said, walk in my statues, but don't do it like your fathers did. Don't make the same mistakes that your mom did, that your dad did, that other relatives or other neighbors that you saw, people that you became acquainted with, or maybe just in passing by, you saw that they were doing something that was corrupting. You saw them doing something that was not beneficial. You saw them doing something that did not say, hmm, that it might have looked good. It might have. But listen, bread eaten in secret is sweet. But when it comes out in the open, it becomes very bitter. Things might seem green on the other side, but you'll find out that the green is nothing but weeds. You'll find out it's nothing but thorns and thickets. It looked good when you were passing by, but, but when you stopped and got down in it, you found out that it was nothing, that, that the green was, was nothing that you expected it to be. He said, neither observe their judgment. Don't listen to the opinion of other people and, you know, telling you it don't take all of that. It takes whatever God said it's going to take. People's opinion is not the Bible. The word of God. What God has written and what he inspired men to write through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost is his word. And therefore, we should embrace his word. We should have faith in his word and not the opinion of others. The Bible said, try the spirit by the word of God. 
not by the spirit, not by your own opinion, but we all must line up and measure up to the word of God. We must all come to the measure of the man, Christ Jesus. He said, don't defile yourselves with their idols. They made idols. They did things and they, you know, because they had that mentality that, well, don't take all of that. I could play a little. I could, I could get away with a little bit of this. Uh, the Bible talks about how Ezekiel, the Lord told Ezekiel, he said, look here. He said, go and move the bushes, look in the wall, you know, and, and go ahead. There's a little hole in the wall and you can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to hide and do what they what they want to do because they thought that nobody would see them. So don't act like that. Don't pretend and fool yourself that thinking that God doesn't see. He said, listen, he's talking to their children because for some it was too late. For others, they're right on time. Are you one of those that are right on time? This is your day. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is your day. He said, walk in my statues. From this moment, the Bible said, when you come to the light, walk in it. Walk in his statues. This is the day. Walk in my statues. He said, keep my judgments. At this day, this moment, now that I've come to a realization that, that God has statues, that God has judgments, I'm to walk in them. And then he says, do them. It's not enough to say I believe in it. It's not enough to say that I know it. It's not enough to be able to quote it. But if you're not doing them, it means little. Do them. He said, sanctify the Sabbath. Now, I love this because God says, sanctify the Sabbath. There's a day that has been set aside. Your service time has been set aside for a particular reason, and that is to come together uh, to, to meet. Uh, you know, if you're sick, that's one thing. If you if you at work, that's another thing. But when you when there's opportunity to meet on the day that has been consecrated and set aside for the Lord, he said, that's going to be a sign between me and you. Now, God has made a promise. God has made a covenant that if you come together if you come to meet me, if you set aside this time of devotion, I will meet you. It's going to be a sign. What is a sign? It is something demonstrative. What is a sign? It is something that everybody can see. What is a sign? It's something that's visible. It could be seen from a distance off. It could be seen up close. It's a sign. It's illustrated. It's illuminated. It's something that everybody can see. Bless your Lord God. I get excited when I think about the covenant that God has made with us, that if we are obedient to his word, that if we do his will, that when we press, you know, my my uh, my my daughter shared something with me the other day about purpose, that how purpose is is something that just pulls you. It draws you in because it has been uh, divinely is being divinely orchestrated compared to when you're chasing after something and you're seeking it. But but when it's a purpose that has been designed for your life, it pulls you in and it overtakes you when you're obedient to the word of God and God's word. He said, you draw nigh to me. I'll draw nigh to you. We become like magnets. I'm getting closer to you, God. And God said, I'm getting closer to you. You saying, Lord, I, I love you. He said, I love you back. You saying, Lord, you my God. He said, yeah, I'm, you my son. Bless your Lord God. And, and, and so when we do those things and we unite with the Lord and, and how the Lord begins to bless us, he said, I made a promise. 
that if you sanctify the Sabbath, that if you keep it, it will be a sign between me and you that you're going to know. I'm not, I don't want God. Listen to this. Listen to this. God said that you may know that I am the Lord, your God. Listen, I want you personally to know this is what God is saying. I want you personally to know we can read about Abraham. We can read about Isaac. We can read about Jacob. We can read about Daniel. But God is saying, I want you to know. I want you to know personally who I am. I want you to know personally that I'm standing with you. I'm standing in front of you, behind you, on side of you, over you, under you. I'm with you. I've got you. I've got you. That's what God wants you to know. I've got you. That's why when, when Satan went to and was standing in the presence of the Lord and, and the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? He said, yeah, I considered him, but you have a hedge around about him and I can't touch him. There's nothing I can do. And even with that, it required permission. God could have moved the hedge and told, told the angelic beings, the, the servants, those that were ministering to Job to, to step aside. But Lucifer still could not touch him because it required God's permission. And the Lord told him, he said, you can touch his things, but don't touch his soul. You can touch his body, but you cannot touch his soul. Job bent, but he did not break. He didn't yield to anything, the suggestions that people gave him when his wife looked at him and, you know, and, and she sees her husband as suffering. And she's like, babe, you know, why don't you just go ahead and, 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 and offend God and let him take you out of here? You're suffering. And he didn't do it. And some, somebody said the devil was all in his eyes. But I want you to think about that for a moment. What? Everything that Job went through, she went through as well. Job lost the children. Who had the children? She did. Job lost his fortune. Who was sharing parts of uh, mm -hmm. that was her fortune, too. When they said, Job, you must have sinned. That wasn't just a reproach against him. That was a reproach against his wife, too. She was suffering as well. And she reaped the benefits at the end, she stayed with her man during the hardest times. Listen, Ezekiel did not have the luxury of pushing such a difficult message into the peripheral. He couldn't put it on the back burners because God said, no, this is up front. You got to deal with this right now. He had to speak as God spoke to him. He had to evangelize and be demonstrative when God instructed him to do so. The older saints used to sing a song that said, the only way I know you can make it in, you've got to live right. You have to live right. You have to be pleasing in his sight. The only way I know you can make it in. And that still, that song was had so much truth to it and it still has the truth today. That no matter how much we say God is good, we have to live right. No matter how much we say God is blessing us, we still have to live right. Listen, God blessed other people. People were healed from diseases. People received uh, food, material blessings. But remember, the Lord told one man, they lured him through the roof, his friends. And I, and I love his friends because of what they did. They went beyond and 
tore open the roof, lowered the man through the roof, and the man received his healing. And God told him, He said, "Now look, take up, remember, take up your bed, take it with you. But what what you did to get in this situation, don't do it again. What we do to get into situations when God deliver us, don't do it again. Israel had been delivered multiple times, but they kept going back." doing the same thing over and over again. And it was increasing with each time. It was getting larger. It was becoming worse. And it was a situation that they just did not put away the childish things. They did not stop playing the games. Like Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and the remnant of saints of old, Put away the childish things and refuse to play games with God. They talked the same thing. They sang as one. They sung songs that reminded them of the sovereignty of God. They sung songs that reminded him them of his holiness. When they didn't know what to do, they prayed to the true and living God that what we're going to do we're going to talk to God about it. When we don't know what to do, we're going to talk to God about it. We're going to lift our voices and, and to the true and the living God. And he's going to give us his word because he's already spoken his word unto us. We just have to position ourselves in the right place to receive it. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Israel would not call upon the Lord. Now, let me touch on something here. Calling upon the Lord. The Bible tells us over in Luke, Matthews, Luke as well, it says she shall give birth to a son and ye are to give him this name. Call him this name. And that name is Jesus because he shall save his people from their sin. Joseph didn't name uh, the, the, the Messiah after him, he called him according to the name that Jesus, that, that, that was given, that the angel gave him, that Gabriel gave them. Call him Jesus because there's a specific mission. He's going to save his people from their sins. Acts 2, 21 says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Wait a minute. So I'm calling upon the name of the Lord. And that name is Jesus, because I've read in the scripture. So when I pray, the Bible said, whatever you do in word or deed, do in the name of the Lord. So I'm doing in the name of Jesus. So in my prayer, my prayer should be in the name of Jesus. Not God and your dear son, Christ, I pray. It said in Jesus name. When they baptize, men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? Peter stood up and said, repent, every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. Repentance and remission of sin is preached in Jesus name. When when uh, Paul was was he was baptized in Jesus name, Cornelius, his household was baptized. In Jesus. Even as the children of Israel, the very ones that would not put away the childish things, the very ones that uh, continued to play games. The Bible said as they passed through the Red Sea, don't you know that each of them was baptized mm -hmm, in the name of the Lord?
So I want you to understand, even though the name was not given at that moment, it was a secret it was held on to until the, until the time it was revealed, the mystery was revealed as Paul ministered and said they had been baptized. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, maybe you stepped out of the faith, you want to do your first works over again, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. It's through the baptism that the shedding of his blood is applied. We put him on through baptism and by receiving of the Holy Ghost. He puts us on. The children of Israel, they did not want to hear this message. However, God sent it anyway. Now, as I begin, as I read through the book of Ezekiel and as I'm reading through it uh, again, I'm like, Lord, this is some hard. This is but there is a great reward at the end. There's a great reward in obedience unto the Lord. And if you hang with us, you'll find out what that reward is. Again, this is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church. and want to thank you for, for tuning in with us. And certainly we're going to continue to bless the Lord. And I, I'm praying for you that you will bless the Lord as well. As we uh, give ourselves unto him in prayer and fasting. We're fasting on certain days of the, the week. You ought to pick a day and fast and just consecrate unto the Lord. Just seek him and just and just have fellowship with your Lord and Savior. You know, just set things aside and just bless the Lord and let the Lord bless you.
Before we go, I want to offer up a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you, Lord God, for your goodness, your grace. Lord God, we thank you right now for each one that under the sound of my voice. We ask that you would bless them, continue to lift them up. Lord God, strengthen their hearts, Lord Jesus, in the relationship that they are nurturing with you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. For some of you, just want you to know you're listening to Hillsong. What a beautiful name. Again, that's Hillsong Worship. Bless you. Sunday morning, 8 a.m.